Michael's plans for Welcome back everyone to Potter Pickle Podcast. It's Hermione here and I'm really sorry I haven't posted in such a long time. I can't believe I haven't posted for like weeks and weeks. I'm so sorry. I was so upset because I thought you would think that I'm not recording anymore, but I promise I am. I just might not do it every Sunday because apparently it's not possible for me to do it. So today we are going to be reading chapter two of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone, whatever you call it, I call it the Philosopher's Stone. Um, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, chapter two, The Vanishing Glass. And I actually have to record this really quickly um, because I have classes, but um, let's read. Nearly ten years had passed since the Dursleys had woken up to find their nephew on the front step, but Privet Drive had hardly changed at all. The sun rose on the same tidy front gardens and lit up the brass number on brass number four on the Dursley's front door. It crept into their living room, which on the night when Mr. Dursley had seen that fateful news report about the owls. Only the photographs on the mantelpiece really showed much time has passed. Ten years ago, there had been lots of pictures of what looked like a large pink beach ball wearing different coloured bobble hats. But Dudley Dursley was no longer a baby. Now the photographs showed a large blonde boy riding his first bicycle on a roundabout at the fair, playing a computer game with his father, being hugged and kissed by his mother. The room held no sign at all that another boy lived in the house too. Yet Harry Potter was still there, asleep at the moment, but not for long. His Aunt Petunia was awake and it was her shrill voice which made the first noise of the day. Get up! Up now! Harry woke with a start. His aunt rapped on the door again. Up! She screeched. Harry heard her walking towards the kitchen and then the sound of the frying pan being put on the cooker. He rolled onto his back and tried to remember the dream he had been having. It was a good one. There had been a flying motorbike in it. He had a funny feeling he'd had the same dream before. His aunt was back outside the door. Are you up yet? She demanded. Nearly, said Harry. Well, get a move on. I want you to look after the bacon and don't you dare let it burn. I want everything perfect on Dudley's birthday. Harry groaned. What did you say? His aunt snapped through the door. Nothing, nothing. Dudley's birthday. How could he have forgotten? Harry got slowly out of bed and started looking for socks. He found a pair under his bed and after pulling a spider off one of them, put them on. Harry was used to spiders because the cupboard under the stairs was full of them 
and that was where he slept. When he was dressed, he went down to he went down the hall to the kitchen. The table was almost hidden beneath all Dudley's birthday presents. It looked as though Dudley had got the new computer he wanted, not to mention the second television and the racing bike. Exactly why Dudley wanted to get a racing bike was a mystery to Harry, as Dudley was very fat and hated exercise. Unless, of course, it involved punching somebody. Dudley's favourite punch bag was Harry, but he couldn't often catch him. Harry didn't look it, but he was very fast. Perhaps it had something to do with living in a dark, dark cupboard. But Harry had always been small and skinny for his age. He looked even smaller and skinnier than he really was because all he had to wear was old clothes of Dudley's and Dudley was about four times bigger than he was. Harry had a thin face, stubbly knees, black hair and bright green eyes. He wore round glasses held together with a lot of speller tape sellotape because of all the times Dudley had punched him on the nose. The only thing Harry liked about his own appearance was a very thin scar on his forehead which was shaped like a bolt of lightning. He had it as long as he could remember and the first question he could ever remember asking his Aunt Petunia was how he got it. In the car crash when your parents died, she had said, don't ask questions. Don't ask questions. That was the first rule for a quiet life with the Dursleys. Uncle Vernon entered the kitchen as Harry was turning over the bacon. Comb your hair, he barked, by the way of a morning greeting. About once a week, Uncle Vernon looked over the top of his newspaper and shouted that Harry needed a haircut. Harry must have had more haircuts than the rest of the boys in his class put together, but it made no difference. His hair simply grew that way, all over the place. Harry was frying eggs by the time Dudley arrived in the kitchen with his mother. Dudley looked a lot like Uncle Vernon. He had a large pink face, not much neck, small, watery blue eyes and thick blonde hair that lay smoothly on his thick, fat head. Aunt Petunia often said that Dudley looked like a baby angel. Harry often said that Dudley looked like a pig in a wig. Harry put the plates of egg and bacon on the table, which was difficult, as there wasn't much room. Dudley, meanwhile, was counting his presents. His face fell. 36? He said, looking up at his mother and his father. That's two less than last year. Darling, you, you haven't counted Auntie Marge's presents, you see. It's here, under this big one from Mummy and Daddy. Right, 37 then, said Dudley, going red in the face. Harry, who could see a huge Dudley tantrum coming on, began wolfing down his bacon as fast as possible in case Dudley turned the table over. Aunt Petunia obviously scented danger too because she said quickly, 
and we'll buy you another two presents. Well, we're out today. How's that, Popkin? Two more presents. Is that all right? Dudley thought for a moment. It looked like hard work. Finally, he said slowly, "So I'll have thirty, thirty, thirty-nine sweetums," said Aunt Petunia. Oh, Dudley sat down heavily and grabbed the nearest parcel. All right then. Uncle Vernon chuckled. Little Tyke wants his money's worth, just like his father. At a boy, Dudley. He ruffled Dudley's hat. At that moment, the telephone rang, and Aunt Petunia went to answer it. While Harry and Uncle Vernon watched Dudley unwrap the racing bike, a, a kind, a kind camera, a remote control aeroplane, sixteen new computer games, and a video recorder, he was ripping the paper off a gold-rich wristwatch when. Aunt Petunia came back from the telephone, looking both angry and worried. Bad news, Vernon," she said. "Mrs. Figg's broken her leg. She can't take him." She jerked her head toward to Harry. Dudley's mouth fell open in horror, but Harry's heart gave a leap. Every year on Dudley's birthday, his parents took him and a friend. Out for the day, to adventure parks, hamburger bars, or the cinema. Every year, Harry was left behind with Mrs. Fig, a mad old lady who lived two streets away. Harry hated it there. The whole house smelled of cabbage, and Mrs. Fig made him look at photographs of all the cats she'd ever owned. No, what? Said Aunt Petunia, looking furiously at Harry, as though he'd planned this. Harry knew he ought to feel sorry that Mrs. Fig had broken her leg, but it wasn't easy when he reminded himself it would be a whole year before he had to look at Tibbles, Snowy, Mr. Pulls, and Tufty again. We could phone Marge, Uncle Vernon suggested. Don't be silly, Vernon. She hates the boy. The Dursleys often spoke about Harry like this, as though he wasn't there, or rather, as though he was something very nasty that couldn't understand them, like a slug. What about what's her name? Your friend, Yvonne, on holiday in Majorca," snapped Aunt Petunia. "You could just leave me here," Harry put in hopefully. He'd be able to watch what he wanted on television for a change, and maybe even have a go on Dudley's computer. Aunt Petunia looked as though he, she'd swallowed a lemon. And come back and find the house in ruins? She snarled. I won't blow up the house," said Harry. But they weren't listening. I suppose we would take him to the zoo," said Aunt Petunia slowly, and leave him the. That car's new. He's not sitting in it alone. Dudley began to cry loudly. In fact, he wasn't really crying. It had been years since he really cried.
But he knew that if he screwed up his face and wailed, his mother would give him anything he wanted. Dinky Doddy Dums, don't cry. Mummy won't let him spoil your special day, she cried, flinging her arms around him. I don't want him to come, Dudley yelled between huge pretend sobs. He always spoils everything. He shot Harry a nasty grin through the gap in his mother's arms. Just then the doorbell rang. Oh, good Lord, they're here, said Aunt Petunia frantically. And a moment later, Dudley's best friend Piers, Pocus, walked in with his mother. Piers was a scrawny boy with a face like a rat. He was usually the one who held people's arms behind their backs while Dudley hit them. Dudley stopped pretending to cry at once. Half an hour later, Harry, who couldn't believe his luck, was sitting in the back of the Dursley's car, car with Piers and Dudley on the way to the zoo for the first time in his life. His aunt and uncle had, hadn't been able to think of anything else to do with him, but before they'd left, Uncle Vernon had taken Harry aside. I'm warning you, he had said putting his large purple face right up close to Harry's. I'm warning you now, boy, any funny business, anything at all, you'll be in that cupboard from now until Christmas. I'm not going to do anything, said Harry, honestly. But Uncle Vernon didn't believe him. No ma no one did. The problem was, strange things often happened around Harry and it was just no good telling the Dursleys he didn't make them happen. Once Aunt Petunia, tired of Harry coming back from the barbers looking as though he hadn't been at all, had taken a pair of kitchen scissors and cut his hair so short he was almost bald, except for his fringe, which she left to hide that horrible scar. Dudley had laughed himself silly at Harry, who spent a sleepless night imagining school the next day, where he was already laughed at for his baggy clothes and cello-taped glasses. His baggy clothes, cello-taped glasses and narrow hair, it would make it even worse. Next morning, however, he had got up to find his hair exactly as it had been before Aunt Petunia had sheared it off. He had been given a week in his cupboard for this, even though he had tried to explain he couldn't explain how it had grown back so quickly. Another time, Aunt Petunia had been trying to force him into a revolting old jumper of Dudley's, brown with orange bubbles. The harder she tried to pull it over his head, the smaller it seemed to become, until finally it might have fitted a glove puppet, but certainly wouldn't fit Harry. Aunt Petunia had decided it must have shrunk in the wash, and to his great relief, Harry wasn't punished. On the other hand, he had gotten into a terrible trouble for being found on the roof of the school kitchens. Dudley's gang had been chasing him, as usual, when, as to Harry's surprise, as anyone else's, there he was, sitting on the chimney.
The Dursleys had received a very angry letter from Harry's headmistress telling them Harry had been climbing school buildings. But all he tried to do, as he shouted at Uncle Vernon through the locked door of his cupboard, was jump behind the big bins outside the kitchen doors. Harry, his favourite subjects. This morning, it was motorbikes. Motorbikes. Hold on, I think I missed... His favourite... Oh, oops, I missed a bit. Sorry, guys. Harry supposed that the wind must have caught him in mid-jump. But today, nothing was going wrong. It was even worth being with Dudley and Piers, spending the day somewhere that wasn't school, his cupboard, or Mrs. Fig's cabbage-smelling living room. While he drove, Uncle Vernon complained to Aunt Petunia. He liked to complain about things. People at work, Harry, the council, Harry, the bank, and Harry were just a few of his favourite subjects. This morning it was motorbikes. Roaring along like maniacs, the young hoodlums, he said as a motorbike overtook them. I had a dream about a motorbike, said Harry, remembering suddenly. It was flying. Uncle Vernon nearly crashed the car, crashed into the car in front. He turned right around in his seat and yelled at Harry, his face like a gigantic beetroot with a moustache. Motorbikes don't fly, Dudley and Piers sniggered. I know they don't, said Harry. It was only a dream. But he wished he hadn't said anything. If there was one thing the Dursleys hated even more than asking questions, it was his talking about anything, acting in a way it shouldn't. No matter if it was a dream or even a cartoon, they seemed to think it might give him dangerous ideas. It was a very sunny Saturday and the zoo was crowded with families. The Dursleys brought Harry and Piers large, large chocolate ice creams at the entrance and then, because, he, because the smiling lady in the van had asked Harry what he wanted before they could hurry Harry away, they bought him a cheap lemon ice lolly. It wasn't bad either, Harry thought, licking it as they watched a gorilla scratching his head and looking remarkably like Dudley, except that he wasn't blonde. Harry had the best morning in a long time. He was careful to walk a little bit apart from the Dursleys so that Dudley and Piers, who were starting to get bored with the animals by lunchtime, wouldn't fall back on their favourite hobby of hitting him. They ate at the, in the zoo restaurant, and when Dudley had a tantrum because his knickerbocker glory wasn't big enough, Uncle Vernon bought him another, and Harry was allowed to finish the first. Harry felt afterwards that he should have known it was too good to last. After lunch, they went to the reptile house. It was a cool... Hold on, I think I messed it up. It was cool and dark in here, with lit windows all along the walls. Behind the glass, all sorts of lizards and snakes were crawling and slithering over bits of wood and stone. Dudley and Piers wanted to see 
the huge poisonous cobras and thick man-crushing pythons. Dudley quickly found the larger snake in the place. He could have wrapped his body twice around Uncle Vernon's car and crushed it, crushed it into a dustbin. But at the moment, it didn't look in the mood. In fact, it was fast asleep. Dudley stood with his nose pressed against the glass, staring at the glistening brown coils. Make it move, he whined at his father. Uncle Vernon tapped on the glass, but the snake didn't budge. Do it again, Dudley ordered. Uncle Vernon wrapped the glass smartly with his knuckles, but the snake just snoozed on. This is boring, Dudley moaned as, she, as he shuffled away. Harry moved in front of the tank and looked intently at the snake. He wouldn't have been surprised if it had died of boredom itself. No company, no company except stupid people drumming their fingers on the glass, trying to disturb it all day long. It was worse than having a cupboard as a bedroom. And not much is worse than that. Where the only visitor was Aunt Petunia hammering on the door to wake you up. At least he got to visit the rest of the house. We're going to read this last page and then um, we will save the rest of the chapter for next episode. The snake suddenly opened its beady eyes. Slowly, very slowly, it raised its head until its eyes were on a level with Harry's. It winked. Harry stared. Then he looked quickly round to see if anyone was watching. They weren't. He looked back at the snake and, he, and winked too. The snake jerked its head towards Uncle Vernon and Dudley, then raised its eyes to the ceiling. It gave Harry a look that said quite plainly, I get that all the time. I know, Harry murmured through the glass, though he wasn't sure the snake could hear him. It must be really annoying. The snake nodded vigorously. Where do you come from anyway? Harry said. The snake jabbed its tail at a little sign next to the glass. Next to the glass. Harry peered at it. Boa constrictor, Brazil. Was it nice there? The boa constrictor jabbed its tail at the sign again. And Harry read on. This specimen was bred in the zoo. Oh, I see. So you've never been to Brazil? As the snake shook its head, a deafening shout behind Harry made both of them jump. Dudley, Mr. Dursley, come and look at the snake. You won't believe what it's doing. Dudley came waddling towards them as fast as he could. I said, were you? He said punching Harry in the ribs. Caught by surprise, Harry fell hard on the concrete floor. What came next happened so fast no one saw how it happened. One second, Piers and Dudley were leaning right up close to the glass. The next, they had leapt back with howls of horror. Harry sat up and gasped. The, ga the glass front of the, of the Borough Constrictor's tank had vanished. The great snake was uncoiling itself rapidly, slithering out on the floor. People throughout the reptile house screamed and started running for the exits. 
As the snake slid swiftly past him, Harry could have sworn a low hissing voice said, Brazil, here I come. Thanks, amigo. The keeper of the reptile house was in shock. But the glass, he kept saying, where did the glass go? The zoo director himself made Aunt Petunia a cup of strong sweet tea. Well, he apologised over and over again. Piers and Dudley could only gibber. As far as Harry had seen, the snake hadn't done anything except snap playfully at their heels as it passed. But by the time they were all back in Uncle Vernon's car, Dudley was telling them how it had nearly bitten off his leg, while Piers was swearing he had tried to squeeze him to death. But worst of all, for Harry at least, was Piers calming down enough to say, Harry was talking to it, weren't you, Harry? So that's all we're going to read today. If you would like to read along, we read up to page 24 on the colour copy, on the, a special like edition colour copy. I don't know um, the small book what it is, but you can look for the first sentence of the next page is, Uncle Vernon waited until Piers was safely out of the house before starting on Harry. So if you want to look at, for that in your own Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, you can go ahead and do that. Thank you so much for joining me. Claire will Thank you so much for joining me today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to follow um, and tell your friends. Um, yeah. Lots of the stuff I'm noticing um, is related or these characters or things are also mentioned in other or uh, future Harry Potter books. So um, mo some episodes I might discuss the chapter after. So warning, this podcast ha does have spoilers. I'm sorry about that. But um, if you enjoyed, you can also subscribe to my YouTube channel called Pickle Cat Gamer. Um, if you can, that'd be amazing. But, um, thank you so much again. Um, Pickle will be back next week to read you the rest of, um, the last page of that chapter and the, and, um, chapter three, the letters from no one. Thank you so much again for listening. It means a lot. Um, if you go subscribe to my YouTube channel, that would help me so much not me pickle sorry that would help pickle out so much because pickle really wants to get um more subscribers because subscribers aren't everything to her she likes um the youtubing experience she thinks it's really fun but she also likes she also it's fun to her when she gets more subscribers so that's why it'd be nice if you went on and subscribed to her thank you Again, so much for listening, and we will see you. And I will see you. I won't see you. Pickle will see you next time. Thank you, and um, bye-bye.